This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mama told me, son, go and play in the yard. Papa said, go and play, you gotta break your stomach, go and scream real hard. Welcome to it inside the yard. A couple of Orioles broadcasters talking about the Baltimore Orioles. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold as the season winds down, fall in the air. Uh, pennant chases abound in Major League Baseball. And Jeff Arnold, as the uh, curtain comes down in the Orioles season, a lot to like what's happening down on the farm, including the Bowie Bay Sox playing for the AA Northeast Championship. And on our program today, the one and only Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, Grayson's had an incredible season between you know, the AA Bowie Bay Sox and then Aberdeen getting an opportunity to get all the way up there this year. Uh, somebody that I think we're all on the lookout for for next year has become the best pitcher in, in minor league baseball. And it's going to be really exciting to, to hear this conversation. And I also really enjoyed the fact that we get to talk to him about some of the players that he got a chance to play with. He told a tremendous story about Kyle Stowers, which is also really funny, too. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing his continued progress and development. And you've teased this over the last couple of days, Brett, when we've done some broadcast together. You know, if maybe there is a spring training to come to if you're an Orioles fan, it's probably the next one, just because you're going to see guys like that, like Stowers, you know, probably somebody like a Rob Newstrom, and, and all these other guys get opportunities to, to show what they can do and to get a, a taste of what some of the, you know, the really good prospects in, in Birdland are all about. We got a little bit of that this year. We saw Jordan Westberg, and we saw Gunnar Henderson, and we saw Adley Rutschman, of course, uh, a couple of times. But, but it's going to be, I'd say, if, if there's a spring training that you want to plan on going to um, and coming down to Sarasota, it would be the next one. And it's because, you know, you expect to see guys like Grayson Rodriguez there. I think we'll see a ton of those guys in spring training and we recently talked to Jordan Westbrook for a warm-up show on the radio. You'll hear from Grayson Rodriguez here. And I think it's very obvious. And I guess this could come across as this is all about our job in the media and talking to players. And, yeah, we want good content. We want it to sound good. But those two guys in particular to me and our conversation earlier this year, Adley, they come across not only articulate but thoughtful. And it's exciting, I think, that, uh, you're, you're talking about guys who, who kind of get what's going on, both Grayson and Westbrook recently, understand the process of what the team is trying to do, building from within. Westbrook told me, you know, the sign of the Bay Sox remaining good and getting hot at the end after, it, after Stowers and Rutschman advanced to AAA just shows you how much depth there is right now in the farm system. So I think it's a really exciting time. And we'll talk about this at the end of the show, Jeff. And you've seen this firsthand in your experiences uh, covering and calling minor league baseball for many years, the balance organizations have between trying to win and establishing a winning culture in the minors and the most important thing, which is developing players. And we all understand that, but I do think there is something to be said with trying to establish a winning culture. So we'll talk about that a little later. 
on the podcast. But coming up, Grace Rodriguez, and then we'll hear from our own Melanie Newman as we get rolling here inside the yard. us right now on inside the yard is the best pitching prospect in baseball and he has helped the double a buoy bay Sox get to the northeast championship series grayson rodriguez is with us right now and grayson first of all congratulations on a wonderful year both for you personally and great team success as well thank you very much i appreciate y'all having me on so what's this ride been like to get to this point in the playoffs as we're recording this this is right before game one you're starting game two what's it been like to get Hot at the end, hang around all year, and then find your way into the championship series. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, obviously, we started off the year hot, um, kind of ran into some ups and downs there in the middle, but then finished strong in the end. Um, you know, it's been huge not having a regular baseball season last year. Um, you know, I think guys are really coming out ready to play. Um, obviously, everybody missed it, missed this. Um, so it's just been a lot of fun this year. Uh, we've been winning lots of games, and, and hopefully we can win three more. Grayson, I looked at the last three starts that you have made with with Bowie, um, and you haven't really allowed much in the way of runs. I'm looking, I think it's one run allowed in your last three starts. What has been so good about these last three outings that you have made going into your postseason start? Um, you know, I've really felt locked in. Um, this year, you know, I've kind of said that, uh, you know, this was the year that I finally learned how to pitch. Um, and we've been, you know, utilizing our scouting reports and, and everything that the organization's been giving us, uh, you know, Justin Ramsey and then Chris Holt sending all his information down from the big leagues and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, like I was saying, it's, you know, I've learned a lot this year. Um, and finally being able to put it together on a consistent basis. Grayson, how do you feel physically right now? Of course, you pitched last year at the alternate site, but there was no affiliated baseball. To get back into it, to start the season – Really, you started, I guess, around spring training, March, April, and then your minor league season began in beginning of May. How do you feel physically right now at the end of September? Um, physically, this is the best I've ever felt. Um, you know, my arm still feels fresh. Um, you know, in 19, it being my first full season, you know, I kind of ran into some soreness, stuff like that, um, you know, and obviously got through it and everything. But this year, you know, like I haven't, haven't had any problems whatsoever. Uh, arms felt fantastic early in the year. I've thrown the hardest I've ever thrown. I uh, got up to 102 a couple starts. And, you know, like I said, just being able to keep it rolling, uh, you know, average velo has been up, I think, three or four miles an hour than it was in 2019. So, you know, we're rolling right now. How pleased have you been with the development of your secondary pitches and how have they gotten better? Um, you know, really, like, whether it's in bullpens or they're just trying to cameras or looking at track man data after games, um, you know, really, we've been able to refine things, um, use it more consistently. Um, I've been able to throw off-speed pitches in full counts or 3-0 counts, 3-1 counts, whatever it might be. And obviously, that's a big thing. Uh, hitters are looking for heaters in those counts. Um, being able to do that is kind of big. Uh, so we've been able to kind of really, you know, tinker around with that. Uh, you know, minor leagues isn't necessarily about winning. Uh, it's about development. But, you know, being able to utilize all this stuff uh, – it's given me some ammo for the years to come. Your season's going to come to an end here, Grayson. And I imagine there have already been some conversations about what your offseason plan will look like from the organization and what they're looking for maybe come February. 
of next year when you report back to Sarasota? Any sense of what they want you to do in the offseason and, and maybe what they want you to refine moving forward? Um, you know, really just a lot of the same stuff that we did this past offseason. Um, strength and conditioning always. Um, you know, that's an APEC where I've been going for the last four or five years. Uh, I get to work out with other big league guys there. Uh, so being around them, uh, learning from them, uh, you know, the mental side of things and then, you know, getting physically stronger, faster, everything like that. Um, but really just a lot of the same stuff. Um, you know, a healthy offseason is important. Uh, you know, make sure you make sure you get on a, you know, a consistent routine and stuff like that. When it comes to pitching now, I mean, you've probably seen the number of young pitchers that have come up to the Orioles this year pitched against the American League East, which everybody knows isn't so easy. Kind of maybe following some of those experiences, has it had you focus on being more precise about certain things and being a little bit more fine and how you're pitching now and focusing more on details and, and things like that at the double A level, realizing just kind of what's ahead in the American League East? Yeah, I mean, you know, you said it best, uh, American, League, American League East. I mean, that's that's without a doubt, you know, probably the toughest division in the major leagues. Um, a lot of hitters ballparks and a lot of power lineups. So, really, you're not getting a day off. You're not getting an easy lineup uh, up there. But, you know, really just kind of using your strengths, attacking hitters. Um, you know, I think we run into some trouble when pitchers start trying to, you know, place pitches in the zone or try to nibble the corners and, you know, kind of forget about attacking hitters and, you know, throwing fastballs up and stuff like that. Um, you know, really, it's just about using your strengths. You know, pitching, pitching how you know how you know how to pitch. Grayson, you mentioned about developing the minor leagues. That's obviously priorities one, two, and three is to work on individual prospects. But there is something I think to be said about a winning culture that can be established. And usually, the teams that win the minor leagues have the best players. And for Bowie, they've had a monumental transition throughout the season. You guys down the stretch lost your best position players in Stowers and Rutschman, and yet you kept winning with new guys, with different guys. Westberg's come up, Henderson. Tell me about that experience and the fact that you guys are right now playing for a championship and what that would mean to you and your teammates. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with culture. Um, you know, at spring training, you know, we had some things uh, said to us and stuff like that. You know, Matt Blood's done a phenomenal job, uh, you know, creating a good culture here. Um, you know, Michael Elias, the same way. Um, like from the hitting standpoint, I guess, guys, it seems like everybody that gets here just mashes the baseball. So as pitchers, it's pretty easy, um, you know, to go out and expect, you know, at least three or four runs a game, uh, knowing you're going to get that. So that's a big credit to our hitters. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch um, sitting in the dugout. You know, I mean, there's every night there's multiple home runs hit. Um so, like I said, like, you know, the hitters have been a big part of it and the culture and obviously all the pitchers have been throwing well. No matter who we run out there, you know, you're expecting you're expecting a three up, three down. I want to ask you about some of the, the individual guys on, on your team. Um, Kyle Stowers may not be there anymore, but when you watched him play, how exciting was it from a from a pitcher's perspective to see what he did at the plate each and every day and the power that he produced? Um, so watching Kyle play, that was a lot of fun. Um, you kind of had a feeling when he went up to the plate that he was going to hit the ball hard. Um, obviously, the home runs were, you know, really piling up, but you knew he was going to hit the ball hard. And kind of a funny story I have from this year is, you know, we've got a spot uh, out here in right field um, where some of the pitchers will sit and uh, behind the right field fence. And Stowers was playing right field one day, and there's a couple of us sitting out there and I yell, hey, Kyle, when you go up to bat next inning, don't, if you hit us, I'm going to, you know, it's gonna, you're going to be in trouble. 
And uh, we were sitting there kind of laughing. Maybe he had two strikes. And uh, Tyler Joyner, another one of our relievers, said, well, here it comes. Next thing you know, Kyle hits a ball, and we just see it coming right at us. And it just – I mean, just a laser over our heads. Hits the, the, the advertisement sign out here in Bowie, and obviously it was a home run. And when he ran out that next inning, you could see his smile on his face all the way from the dugout coming out to right field. And, you know, like, like I was saying, you know, we were just having a blast with it. And then two at-bats later that game, he hit another one. It's uh, many two home <laughs> games. So that was, that was probably one of the highlights of the season. Jordan Westberg jumped to Bowie, struggled for a little bit, but very similarly to what he did in Aberdeen after a maybe a couple of weeks of struggling at the plate, whatever adjustments needed to be made were made, and now he's the same player he was when he hit in Delmarva and then Aberdeen, now Bowie. What do you see from Jordan Westberg? Um, you know, the first thing that kind of stood out to me was, was how fast he is. Um, obviously, he's a big guy. I mean, he's – him and Gunnar Henderson are kind of similar. Um, but, I mean – just seeing his wheels, um, balls that are singles that he turns into doubles or doubles he turns into triples. I mean, however you want to look at it. Um, but I would say definitely, you know, the, the bat, the pop is there, but really what's impressive is, is the speed. I'll ask you about another guy that's not with the team. Robert Newstrom is a name that we've heard a lot. What was it like watching him play every day? in Newstrom, I, I, I like to have a lot of fun with him too, but it's like his bat, his bat was huge. Um, same thing kind of like Stowers. You know the ball was going to be hit hard somewhere. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool to see because that's what our hitting coordinator or hitting coach, whatever it might be, you know, they kind of emphasize on, you know, exit velo, stuff like that. Um, but you knew, you knew Newstrom when he was getting up to bat. Um, like when we were in Hartford, when I had just gotten called up to Bowie, um, he actually hit a home run 478 feet uh, completely out of the stadium uh, in Hartford and right field. They have, they have a double deck out there um, and to see the ball clear that and, and clear the chain link fence over it uh, was really impressive. You know, it just kind of, he's one of those guys where the ball just sounds different off the bat. Grace, it's time now for our fun five baseball questions. You've already done this once. So we have a fresh fun five baseball set of questions for you. What is the last series you binge watched? Um, mm, I'd say manifest. What is your road alias? I'm not sure if you have one, but you probably will need one one day. What is, what would be your road alias if you do not already have one? Uh, the road warrior. <laughs> I love, I love to throw on the road. Throwing at home is fun in front of the home crowd, but I like to hear booze. <laughs> what do you eat before and after games? Chick-fil-A every day. Uh, I was just telling my dad that earlier today. Um, you know, I've gone to Chick-fil-A every single day. There's one right here by the stadium. Uh, same exact order uh, and the same exact curbside pickup spot every day. What's the order? Uh, grilled chicken nuggets and a grilled chicken wrap. Well, I, I am quite certain Orioles uh, sales department's listening to this. I, I smell an endorsement from Chick-fil-A in the future. Uh, how would you – what would your first grade teacher say about you? I don't know. Probably that I never love to stop talking. So <laughs> – that was probably one. If you were not playing baseball, what would you be doing? Um, you know, probably something outdoors. Um, I love to hunt and fish, uh, do stuff like that. So I'd probably say either, you know, hunting or, or fishing. Grayson Rodriguez, we appreciate it so much. Congratulations on an amazing 2021 season for you and for the Bowie Bay Sox. As this podcast drops, you guys will be in the middle of your best of five series. So hopefully we're talking about being one or two wins away from a championship. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Birdland the Bird is back and ready to make a special appearance at your next event. Add some Orioles magic to your birthday celebration, wedding, or corporate party by booking the bird today. Proceeds benefit the Orioles Charitable Foundation. Book your bird appearance today at orioles.com slash bird. All right, Jeff, joining us right now for our Insiders segment. Melanie Newman is with us. And uh, Melanie, we're about to get into this really age-old baseball conversation. The battle in the minor leagues between trying to win and developing players. Obviously, we all realize developing players is the most important thing, particularly where the Orioles are. But it is nice to see the Bay Sox get to a championship series. And your experience in the minor leagues, tell me about that balance. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, Brett, because I know that we've talked a lot about um, the introduction of the ghost runner at the major league baseball level this year. And I still remember when that rule was first introduced at the minor league level. And I was a little hesitant. Um, I'm a purist of the game. I, I kind of want to see it the way that it's meant to be played, but seeing it put into effect at the minors, I think that is the perfect epitome of that balance of being competitive, but having development because those guys aren't there to, to win world series and bring in millions of dollars of revenue. They are there to develop and get better. And you can't do that. We opened up, I think the 2015 series with an 18 inning game, like in opening weekend. And it just so destroys everybody that you have available, not even just your pitchers, but your position players as well. But um, it does set you back a little bit. You're not able to go out and do some fundamentals with those guys for a couple of days, just because you've got to have them and have their ability to really rest and, and reset and be able to stay healthy for the remaining, you know, 140 plus that the minor leagues carry. So um, I, I think it's really cool that we're having that now. And of course, as you've said, the Bay Sox pushing to go to a championship and, and take that home. And I think what's the biggest thing to me about that is the talent change that they've had since the beginning of the season. You know, Adley Rutschman started out with them. He's no longer there anymore. They've had several pitchers who have graduated, newer ones who have come up, including position players. And, and they keep finding ways to stay cohesive and to stay winning. Um, and so that to me, I think I haven't really seen a lot of minor league teams that were able to operate as efficiently as they are with all of those factors in place. And it's exciting. And I think, you know, regardless of, of how this championship run turns out for them, they really have a lot to be proud of with the way that that staff has just handled the entire season. Mel, you've watched a lot of the minor leaguers um, throughout the year. You go to some different minor league games, so we're not playing. And you've gotten to see a bunch of different minor league players and you've followed the journeys of those that you haven't gotten to see. But who's maybe progression on the minor league side has impressed you the most this year? Um, I, I think Kyle Stowers really just jumps off the map to me with the power that he has been showing. And, and again, a guy who's also made a couple jumps and he keeps coming back every single time. You'll see guys who really kind of stall out if they make that next move forward, especially once you're talking about the jump to double A and then the jump to triple A. But um, he stays locked in and he's such a level headed, if anything, that's the biggest thing I think is really cool to see this player development staff is they are bringing in guys with really, really good character and emotional composition. Cause you can't, you can't teach that. You can't train them to be that way. That is your human makeup. You are who you are. Um, and we don't have to worry about any of that. That's what gives you these guys that come out and continue to produce. And um, you know, everybody wants to talk about Adley. And, and so I'll, I'll give it to him as well. You know, another kid who it's just nose down another day, very humble when it comes to everything. His parents are just the sweetest, but 
Um, Stowers is definitely one of them that stands out. And I know there's just, there's so many now that are like popping up like popcorn in the back of my head that you just naturally want to mention. And Melanie, we'll end on this and some really exciting personal career news for you. You are calling a game as we record this tonight on ESPN, doing play-by-play -play with Doug Glanville on the next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, I guess now. Uh, you will be uh, calling a game with Jessica Mendoza on ESPN. So pretty exciting opportunity, I know, for you. Yeah, I'm excited to get back to you guys. Uh, Brett, I feel like I haven't seen you in five years, but, um, you know, <laughs> you guys are always my family first. But, uh, no, it, it is exciting. It's a, a change up for us. You know, the Orioles don't see the NL West. And, and so we're gearing up. I think both games are going to be NL West games. And um, just as sharp as their playoff race is compared to the AL East, uh, it should be super exciting. But yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, had a couple days off here while you guys take on Philly and uh, we're down here getting ready for everything. Well, good luck. We'll be watching from afar, but Thank you so much for joining us, Melanie. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Birdland, experience an O's game with the convenience and privacy of your very own suite. A variety of affordable single-game suites throughout the ballpark are available. Enjoy exclusive access to the game with climate-controlled interior seating, a private restroom, and comfortable outside seating. Visit Orioles.com slash suites for more information. Celebrate your growing family or the newest O's fan in your life with a Baby Birds membership presented by MedStar Health. Members receive an Orioles bib and onesie as well as access to special offers. If your little O's fan was born at MedStar Harbor Hospital or MedStar Franklin Square Medical Center, you can access your complimentary membership using the code RECEIVE with your Orioles beanie. Visit Orioles.com slash Baby Birds for more information. Great stuff from Grayson Rodriguez and also... Melanie Newman, of course, as we recorded the Grayson Rodriguez conversation, it was a day before he was going to pitch in the championship series. So we have no idea how that went, but I'm assuming Grayson pitched really well in that game too against Akron. And hopefully the Bay Sox are on their way as you're listening to this to a double A Northeast championship, but win or lose here for the Bay Sox. We saw some great performances, both team wise and most importantly, prospect wise, Jeff, in your experience, I mean, obviously the edict from on high, and this is, evolved over time is not to win games if you're managing the minor leagues it's to develop players but winning does say a few things it means you usually have really good players i remember when the frederick keys won the uh when or excuse me when this when the delmarva shorebirds i apologize won the south atlantic league in 2011 jonathan scope and manny machado were on their team and it wasn't soon after that that they were helping the baltimore orioles try and win a championship so it's not a coincidence when you win the minor leagues but what's your sense of the balance over time as teams grapple with trying to create a winning culture and developing players? Yeah, I think it's two things that are a little bit opposed to each other at times. And we asked Brandon Hyde actually about this on the manager's show. Um, we taped this, uh, you know, the day before we asked him this question. And he said that he thinks it's important. He doesn't think it's 100% necessary just because of the fact that you can develop players and there are ways to you can see guys that can come up through maybe minor league systems where you don't win as much and then they can still succeed in the major league level. And, and so it's like, it's not a huge requirement, but I do think that it makes a difference to get a, an idea as to how to win. And I think in the postseason, that's where you can really start to, to, to go for it a little bit more. I mean, in the, in the regular season, 
you have to manage innings limits and get reps for certain guys. And there's certain people you want to put in certain situations so you can see how they do and where it goes and if it's a fit. And you're trying out so many different things during the regular season that if you make it to the postseason, I think it becomes a little bit more about winning and, and managing games with the thought of being able to, to win a title like the Bay Sox are right now. So I think it's more fun for the players in that sense. I think for the managers, it's a lot of fun as well, where you can do some things a little bit differently. I mean, just talking to you know, friends of mine who are former minor league managers and coaches, a lot of them in the past have been given opportunities to, to just go out there and do what they want to do and, and make the right moves that they think they can make to, to pick up some wins. Um, but there are two things that are that are interesting and you would figure a little bit more connected than, than I think they really are. Um, you do need to figure out what you have in the minors. You do need to put people in some uncomfortable situations so that way they're ready for the major leagues and you, you need to get comfortable with uncomfortable when you're playing in the American League East. So I think it's important from that standpoint. But I do think the winning piece matters. And if you have a chance where you can put people in certain spots and find different ways to you know, be able to, to focus on, on winning and building a winning culture and things like that. I think that that can go a long way too. And that's what the playoffs I think are for. Yeah. I'm not sure if everyone agrees with me on this, but I do think establishing a winning culture is important and almost more contradictory to the fact is you don't want to establish a losing culture, which can happen as yeah. well. And you do want to build camaraderie. You do want to build chemistry. That stuff does matter. It does play. I'm not saying it's paramount to talent, but it's important. And I think you want to get a bunch of guys who, who are hungry to win. And that usually benefits you in the long run and what kind of team you're going to have long term. Yeah, it really makes a difference. And I think when you're winning together as a group, I think that that can make a difference, too. Like if you if you see the, the players that are like with the, the Bay Sox this year and, you know, Adley Rutschman isn't there anymore. You know, Kyle Stowers got promoted to AAA, but to get a sense that you have been part of a group that has won. And then when you go up to the major leagues, if you're with those same guys to get a sense is we won together, we have done this before. And I know it's different in the major leagues and the minor leagues, but there is that sense of, like you pointed out camaraderie where you know that as a group, you've gotten it done. And I do think that that matters. And you know, it's just it, it, it's different baseball in the major leagues than it is in the minor leagues on so many different levels. But, you know, building a winning culture is is huge. And, and I think it all starts with with good player development and making people uncomfortable. And and even though you may not always win some of those games, the one thing as you look at it from a development standpoint is you're able to develop in your own eyes. and You're also able to develop in the eyes of other people. And so I think that I think that that's the other piece of it a little bit when it comes to player development is that other folks can see how far you've come and what you've accomplished. And then maybe later on at some point you're, you're picking somebody up and you've gone through some stuff together and it can then, you know, better serve you when you're maybe in that same situation in the major leagues. And, you know, you have other guys in the clubhouse who can remind you about stuff that you accomplished at, you know, another level of your professional baseball journey, just about how far you've come. And, you know, because everybody is going to, you know, need to support each other when you get to the big leagues because, uh, you know, it can feel really lonely when you're, you're playing the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the, and the Red Sox um, a lot and, uh, and the Rays. So I think it makes a difference to have that. And, you know, win, winning is, is what it's all about. And, and when you get to, to really play to win in the, in the minor leagues, I think that's great. And I couldn't agree more. And I think most importantly, what it tells us that Bowie's had some really good players on their team this year, and they've even transitioned so many of their best players out. So talent to talent, other organizations in that league – they're among the best. And that's really 
the most important thing from the Orioles' vantage point. Well, we're winding down our Inside the Art podcast for the 2021 season. Big final few episodes coming up, including manager Brandon Hyde will join us, and Mike Elias, the Orioles' general manager and executive vice president, will join us for the final episode. So make sure you check out those episodes coming up and enjoy the final games of the 2021 baseball season because I promise you, you will miss it when there's no game to listen to, when there's no game to watch, and when there's no box score to check out in those winter months ahead. For Jeff Arnold, I'm Brett Hollander. Thanks for joining us Inside the Yard. <laughs>